0: We are back for UFC Newark, headlined by Colby Covington and Robbie Lawler. Probably the only big fight on the card, to be honest. Uh, but I'm fucking excited for it. Everybody's been waiting for Kobe to co- Colby Covington to come back ever since he won the interim title over Rafael Dos Anjos last year. Uh, and now he finally gets his shot at possibly getting another title shot? Who the fuck knows? But before we dig into this juicy-ass fucking card, quote-unquote juicy, uh, or as Tony would say, salty... Um, we're going to go over the casuals with my man, Big Rob. What's good, bro? Hey, <laughs> what's going on, bro? You know how much Tony likes to call things salty, oh, right? <laughs> Especially
1: with that diet of his.
0: <laughs> I know. The most heated, <laughs> like Joe Rogan, Brendan Schaub moved the fuck over. Mm. The keto captain oh, is fucking Tony. Big time, bro. Keto king, Hashtag whatever you want to call keto it. Keto captain. <laughs> he's on some next shit. Uh, next episode of Combat Stories, I'm going to go into a little bit of his thing that he's doing on the side. His side hustle, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want to have him here to be able to tell you guys uh accurately what it's all about but we're here with my man big rob Word. we're gonna go over the casuals i had a little bit of an issue trying to find something to show my man mm-hmm. big rob uh so it like this roadmap that i'm about to plot out for you guys you guys are probably gonna think like what the fuck but i'm a fucking mma handicapper i see these things it reminds me of other things and then i just connect the dots and here we are with dan henderson versus michael Bisbeing from ufc 100 Nice. So I was watching tape on Hannah Goldie last night. Uh, and one thing that she does a lot is throw her uh, inside left kick overhand right combinations. That's kind of what she's known for. Uh, and this guy, Dan Henderson, is kind yeah. of like the when people think of that specific combination of strikes, they mm-hmm. think of this guy just because he his leg kick isn't that much, but his right hand is just fucking, they call it the H-bomb. Like oh. it's fucking nuts so it, it really yeah it really came into play in this fight against michael Bisming, okay. and i'll show you exactly why okay so uh we're starting off at <laughs> the 350 minute mark <laughs> into the second round of dan henderson versus michael Bisbing. Okay, uh yeah oh so dan henderson this is the guy and right is that guy right there
1: okay well. <clears throat> okay
0: this was like 10 years ago ufc 100, 100 holy fuck! 10 years ago at least
1: looks like yesterday
0: Oh, shit, I should probably... Whatever. Let's do this. Bam.
1: Okay. There you go. Oh, full screen. Thank you, sir. You got a full screen this shit. <laughs> oh, oh, did that make contact? No. Okay. Oh.
0: You see that? Like yeah. how he kicks the inside of the leg yeah, yeah, and throws yeah. a punch?
1: He's trying to ca- c- yeah. catch him off guard almost, it seems.
0: Yeah. We're getting really close. Come on. I hope I'm not screwing up the fucking timing of this fucking knockout. That's Don't worry, okay. it's coming up. I feel it. he oh. does oh. it a lot, though, eh? Like he, so he's notice, not making contact, or, or like is he's, he, he's he's he always kind of throws out the leg kick to kind of put the guy off balance. Yeah, and then he'll go back into it and throw his like power punch, which is his right hand that he always has like cocked. If you see it by his chin, it's just like ready to fucking go. It
1: is. It is. It's like the left arm is like doing the trickery like kind of bring him in and I, the, uh, the right arm is ready to yeah. strike at any time he's, he's
0: managing his distance with his left hand and he kind of pauses jab every now and then but his main thing is kick out the guy's leg his front leg and then come with a very heavy punch uh afterwards over an overhand right
1: now is this his strategy all the time because it seems like this it is something seems he like just it. does
0: yeah the funny thing is he's like a wrestler okay. he's so a wrestler this is what works for him yeah but this is his style he's always moving forward He's always trying to land that big bomb. Oh, oh. Yeah. It's coming up.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I like this. What's going on?
0: So he uses his jab every now and then. There's another jab right there. Yeah. It's all to set up the power punch. And that's all he really wants to do. He's been famous for just knocking motherfuckers out. Again, there it is. Left hook. Boom. <sighs> oh, boom. my God. Twice the guy was out, yeah. Did you, so he. You know how Michael Jordan has his logo? Yeah, yeah. He has his own logo of him like flying down, elbowing that guy.
1: <laughs> oh wow! Actually, I gotta see this. the guy show that replay. This.
0: But he's out still. Oh the, like, yeah. He that was they hit as twice clean hard as it gets, as clean as it fucking gets.
1: He was waiting yeah. for the perfect strike. They
0: were like doing a. They did a reality show where they did like Team USA against Team okay. UK. Oh. He was the captain of Team USA and then. They're just talking bear shit the entire season. Look at that, <laughs> USA, bitch, America, oh, fuck yeah! <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: oh wow! Look, he's this still out. The other this guy is, is still out.
0: Extreme, oh, yeah. <laughs> you see the link Oh yeah, score? oh yeah. ExtremeYogurt.com. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> right, here's, it. His re- here's his replay.
1: Oh, oh, right on the chin. Oh, he's down. And then I, I Oh, that oh, one too. Where did that go? Right, right? in the chin again. Yeah.
0: Boom. Oh. And then follows him down with a oh. boom. I <laughs> oh. I'll show you the logo after, but it's hilarious. You see? Oh my gosh. Yeah. He didn't even really con Actually, wow, I didn't oh. even notice that. He didn't really even hit the leg. No. He, he threw it out there to get him thinking about it and then just came over with that right yeah,
1: hand. Yeah, yeah. it's almost like he changed the timing to catch him off guard because he does the same thing, the same yep. thing, the same thing. And then he changes the timing. And he and just comes he over goes, with this hammer.
0: yeah, The hammer of Thor. Now he's up. <sighs> One of the craziest knockouts ever. And that was at UFC 100, which was like their biggest event Oof. up until that moment.
1: Oof. That, that guy looks insane. so confused. Yeah, I
0: know, poor guy.
1: Oof.
0: He was talking the most shit going into that fight.
1: what Uh, was he like after that i you know he
0: did it humbly you know what i mean he he deserved it uh Dan hernison logo watch this so this is his fucking logo now (laughs) (laughs) oh my god that's great it's
1: like a silhouette of like this with some fucking american flag behind it (laughs) look air handle and it was to say believe behind yeah it it says believe yeah (laughs) Yo, yeah, it Hano. did happen. I do believe it. Look at that. That's amazing. It's so fucking good. <laughs> so this is a, this
0: is his move. Yeah, that was like, that's kind of what he's known for. Anytime somebody brings up his name now, this is what he's known for. Like, this image. Like, not even the l- punch landing, but like him in the air going down to fuck this guy up even worse. And he can clearly see he's out. Like, look at look at him Oof. already. Like, th- you know he's not anticipating what's coming at him no,
1: right now. No, no. <laughs> I, I, those arms aren't moving.
0: God damn, dude. Yeah, that was, that was insane.
1: That was one of That's the craziest wild. knockouts That's up up until that
0: point. That was fucking fun.
1: And he got a second shot in. I know. Usually the, refs <laughs> the ref are fucked there. up. The ref yeah. fucked oh up. He God. wasn't close enough. I'm I'm Yeah. So impressed he got up after because some people probably wouldn't after getting hit that hard twice.
0: It's it's see see remember what we talked about last week? Yeah. the, con- the consecutive Concussive punches that boxers get. That's right. And then one like big shot like that, like that looks like it could kill a man. It's true. But the guy got up. Like obviously yeah, he has CTE and his yeah. brain is not a, the same before that punch. Maybe swallowing or something. Who knows? But he didn't die. Yeah, like he he's didn't. doing he's like okay. broadcast work now. Like he's like, you know, he's d- he's, he's doing okay. good. He's all right. Okay. He Shows a little bit of CTE, but which fighter doesn't? Mm. <laughs> right. It's
1: part of the trade, I guess. Yeah. You
0: know? Would you here? Let me set up a sc- scenario for you. Would okay. you? rather work a nine to five or if you were physically gifted okay. to do a sport like mma or boxing okay. and could be really good at it right would you give up your brain cells for the potential paychecks that you could get for yourself say you go fucking 40 you know say your life earnings go up to like 10 million dollars you make 10 million dollars from the age of 20 to 40 38 because mm. you only fight for you know uh, when you're starting off up until maybe 37, 38 is like your prime. Okay. Would you do that? Would you trade that off? Would you k- trade off like $100,000 a year, comfortable salary, working whatever the fuck you're doing? Okay. 9 to 5 though. Monday to Friday, 9 sure, to 5. Sure, 9 to 5. Or you train. Train your ass off every fucking day. Some guys train maybe two or three times mm. a day on top of losing brain cells. But you still have that freedom in a sense of you're making way more money. You can go on whatever vacations you want to fucking sure. go on. So would you trade off the... CTE for you know living a comfortable
1: normal-ish life oh it's tough because you're rolling the dice because you never know any time in life when your time is gonna be yeah like you could play it safe you could and then do get everything hit by a car. right yeah and get yeah. hit by a car or that bus or whatever that they say that's gonna happen to you you yeah. know and um, you know but at the same time you got to look at the mathematical odds of the facts of if you go into this profession and you're getting hit every day or whatever and um oh it's tough because you could really uh move ahead really quickly in life right Mm -hmm. i don't know that's a really tough one man and and uh i don't know for me i'm not sure i guess it would depend where i am in my life but it's a tough one i can go either way yeah It really could, man.
0: It's tough, like, because you would be living a somewhat comfortable life, making $100,000 a year. Sure. Working your nine-to-five. Yeah,
1: you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not like, you know. Yeah. You know, you're not looking for food. You're not, you know. Yeah, you you
0: get your, like, four to five weeks of vacation a year. Yeah. That you can be like, okay, I'm going to go away for a week for this place compared to, like, boxers, you know. You, uh, you train for three, f- three, four months, go fight, and then you can take two months off and go wherever the fuck you want, do whatever the fuck you want. It
1: depends, because, you know, some people's personalities are more like, um, you know, what's the word, play, play play, it safe, but other people are all, almost like thrill seekers. Yeah. And I think there's a happy medium. It depends somewhere on your in
0: between. your, your yeah. trait, in a sense. Or uh,
1: well, absolutely. Yeah. You know? Hmm. and and uh, yeah. I, I
0: don't think I would take the CTE. I don't know if I would take that wor- that, that uh, damage.
1: I don't know, man. That's it's just... I don't know it, it, it's a tough profession yeah. and there's some luck in it yeah so it depends on how lucky you feel
0: touche yeah tell that to Floyd Mayweather this guy's 51 <laughs> and 0 51 Litt, 51 and 0 and the highest paid boxer of all time he's like almost, he's wow. close to a billionaire
1: and this guy's still playing
0: no he's he retired he retired oh my God. Okay. he retired okay. Uh, then came back to fight Conor in a boxing match, which was the stupidest thing ever, but people just like the persona of Conor. Oh, just like, okay, the name. yeah. yeah they yeah, just started talking people, shit, yeah. and then uh, he beat him, and now he's just chilling. He's just flying around the world in his jets. This guy beat O'Connor? Yeah, Conor. Uh, Connor, a, Connor yeah, oh, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry Conor, Conor. Yeah, yeah,
1: and, he, and, and he's he's a boxer who beat him.
0: He's a boxer. who like. How again. old
1: was he when he beat
0: him? He's like 40-something. Holy this shit. This was last year or two, two, wow. maybe two years ago. He, like, he yeah he makes a lot see the thing is a lot of people hate him oh a lot of people hate him so they want to watch him to they want to watch him to see if he oh. loses right okay yeah, yeah So yeah. he's uh 40 he's 42 right now so he was born in 97 or sorry 77 Okay. and he fought connor in the record i want to say 20 yeah 2017. So two uh, years ago. Oh my god. So he was forty when uh, he fought Connor. And Connor has McGregor is like the big guy. Zero boxing fights yeah. for Connor. He's only been a mixed martial artist. Okay. So this was his first ever fight in oh, boxing.
1: Oh, okay. That's not fair. Right? That's not fair cuz yeah. that guy he, I, thought it, like, a, I f- thought it was I thought it was an MMA event when you said that. Oh my god. No. So if it was it's boxing, a boxing versus boxing. Oh, yeah. That's not fair. It, it, Dude, right? He's out he's a fish out of water. So
0: they people were getting so sold on Conor though oh cuz he's younger, he's faster, no, he punches no, really hard. No, no, You're talking no. about the best
1: defensive no
0: boxer of all time. Told me that's the one thing about him. He doesn't get hit. Yeah. He does not get hit and he came into this fight like saying Oh, it was just the beef. It was so played out yeah. They went to like five major cities all over the world or some shit to do like a press tour. Okay, where each night they would go out and just talk shit to each other in front of a giant crowd. That's it,
1: dude. That's impossible. Dude, like, then it's then like it's like one guy playing soccer and another guy playing hockey, yeah. and he's gonna be like, "Oh, well, I'm younger than you. I play hockey. I'm gonna kick your ass at soccer." That's not possible. Like, like this guy's the, this is he's a professional. <laughs> like,
0: Yo, know, dude, you gotta like, I, dude. W- like, uh, just to show you how much of a circus it was. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Look at this. This was the them it's in just, Toronto. If you live in the Brampton, Rope, H- Nope, it, H- shut up. It's all ads. This was them in Toronto. They did it at the Molson Amphitheater and fucking <laughs> sold out.
1: Okay. 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 Let's see this. So we were putting this deal together. <laughs>
0: like. <laughs> <defending> tree. He's <laughs> 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 like, "Scream, fuck the Mayweather's," and like, mm. this is. They did this in Toronto, New York, wow. Los Angeles, and he made close to hundred million dollars off this fight, connor Oh wow!
1: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Dude. So there's a lot of like hype.
0: Yeah, it was all hype, dude. Yeah. There, there's just one last one I want to show you, and then we'll fucking move the fuck on uh connor this floyd cool. brooklyn this the next one that they did or the day before like it just looked weird like it looked like something out of a movie like he came out in like a fucking oh my god is that,
1: that looks like it's uh a co- brad pitt over there <laughs> doesn't that like yeah, that jacket yeah 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 too, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like hollywood over here
0: like they put like
1: oh come on <laughs> <laughs> nose to nose uh, like look at him L- like, like, look, he looks like that? a character out of a fucking movie dude dude come <laughs> on was that a snake what yeah. is that he said you went a to the Versace jacket? store
0: or some shit and just bought it come on like they were obviously in on this shit together they know how much money they could have made off this and 100% mm-hmm. what a fucking
1: city. they're milking it man I know <laughs> There's one, look he's fucking look at this he got he got his fucking
0: entourage to bring out bundles of money and he's just throwing it in the oh, air. Oh, he's of him. making
1: it rain. Yeah.
0: He's like, dance for me, dance for me.
1: Look at this. Look. Oh come on.
0: This is his nickname is Floyd Money Mayweather, and this is what he does. He just fonts his fucking money. That's it.
1: <laughs> Makes at this. it it's, rain wherever look at he does.
0: Doesn't this seem like something out of a movie?
1: Yeah, especially like that sky looks like he's sitting on a throne and there's like money God falling damn. over I him. I know,
0: I know. It's so fucking
1: Imagine you're in the crowd and you're just collecting them. I know, I know,
0: I know. I know. know. Apparently, Connor picked it up and picked up one of them. He goes, They're ones. (laughs) They're ones.
1: Oh. (laughs) Oh,
0: man yeah it's so dumb like they made a fuck ton of money it's a soap opera so so like the ufc made i think like 50 million or something off of it because connor's uh, connor's under contract with him so he goes i'll let you take this fight with floyd Mm. if you chop off something for us right okay so the connor took home about 100 million i think ufc took 50 million ish and then floyd took home like 300 million because he was like the main oh shit yeah Pay per view buys, pay per view buys, fucking tickets, tickets to that fight were like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh my god! Fucking insane, dude. And it was off, and it was like a whatever fight, and they made the fucking public made the odds so close, way closer than they should have been because people kept putting money on Connor. so the odds kept closing. yeah.
1: So what, was he even supposed to be an underdog or? Was oh, he thinking? was
0: a, he should have been like a. Like uh, again, I know you're not too familiar with the yeah, odds, and like so, I don't, like don't he should have been like a plus fifteen hundred to plus two thousand dollar or plus two thousand favorite, which means if you put ten downs, you get twenty times your money back. If Conor oh, won, huge. That's like, what he should have been. Yeah, but he was like a plus, I think four hundred favorite. So if you put ten bucks down, you win forty, right? Times oh. four. So th- that was because he started off as a huge underdog, yeah. but then people kept buying into the hype of Connor's younger, Connor's faster, Connor's more powerful, and then the odds came so no. small. Yeah, such a technical So all sport. the the sharks, everybody who knew the sport, fucking put all their money down on it. Was minus three hundred yeah. for uh, for. Floyd. Well, they played everyone.
1: You pl- fucking played. Totally, them.
0: it was it was fucking nuts, dude. Oh my god. It so insane. it was
1: basically like the people who knew what was really going on they versus like money. the people who Just like buying hype
0: in <laughs> names. That's all it was. Wow. That's fucking insane, dude. Fuck god damn. <laughs> I'm glad I can show you these things in like how weird the MMA world is sometimes or even cloud. Dude, I appreciate this, man. This is like now an you eye-opening. have something to tell your boys about. Yeah, like, the man. Fu- that's
1: so insane. wild, bro.
0: Alright thanks as always let's fucking get into the episode because I'm sure that's what the fuck you guys want to do but it's fun to reminisce about Conor and Floyd that was such a weird time in the fucking combat sports world like the boxing world and the MMA world were all together and yeah it was fucking nuts. All right, let's fucking get into this shit. Uh, UFC 240 went past, uh, was this past weekend, actually. Uh, big shout out to everybody that checked out the LawCast last uh, last week. You know, one of the higher viewed uh, shows we've had in a while. Uh, I know the pay-per-views are normally like the, the big ones, uh, but obviously, you know, I appreciate you guys looking out, and I went 10 for 11 on my fucking predictions. Uh, it was great. And even on my bets, I had only lost uh, one bet, or sorry, two bets, uh, and I'll get into that real quick, but... Still had a stellar, stellar night. So let's start off with the, the two bets that I did lose. Uh, I had a 1.5 unit play on Marc-Andre Beriot. Uh I got him at, uh, what was it, plus 145. Unfortunate loss there. You know, I thought he had the tools to beat a guy like Christopher. Christoph Jotko. I think a lot of people were really playing up the fact that uh, Andre Berru got taken down a couple times by Andrew Sanchez, and especially at the end of that fight too. Uh, you know, a lot of people are ragging on third round uh, Andrew Sanchez, but I wasn't expecting you know Christoph Jacho to have similar wrestling or being able to actually uh, you know impose the same type of game plan. Uh, regardless, uh, Berru comes out on the losing end. That's fine. I don't mind that 1.5 units, not too much off my back. Uh, and then lastly, I had uh, I, j- I just had the inkling all of fight week that uh frankie edgar was going to come in there and pull off the upset against max holloway um you know i thought he had a, a different style that max Holloway's never really seen uh but it just didn't seem like you know i, I don't know if his frankie passives time you know he's 37 he's supposed to fight uh max holloway back when he was like 35 before the, you know holloway had to pull out and then frankie got knocked out by ortega and then just never looked the same after that well that was he fought cub swanson after that but you know still extended time off from the time that he was originally supposed to f- face Max Holloway. Uh, with that said, you know Holloway came out here and completely stifled Frankie Edgar. It was a great performance by a champion. Uh, initially, I thought the fight was roughly scored 3-2 uh, for Holloway, obviously. I saw a lot of people and then obviously the judges themselves giving Max Holloway all five rounds. I guess there's an argument for that too, but I'm not screaming robbery or anything here. I thought Frankie Edgar obviously lost, uh, but I thought it was definitely worth a 0.25 unit shot. And I was waiting for him to get to like plus 350. He never ended up getting there however uh, I was comfortable betting Justino uh, Cyborg uh, to win inside the distance uh, to parlay that together with Frankie Edgar and fucking Cyborg fucked up too you know she didn't even uh, end up getting the finish over Felicia Spencer who did you know she showed a a great chin Uh, she showed that she was able to you know withstand whatever Cyborg was throwing at her Uh, you know she didn't get to implement the game that she wanted to obviously because Cyborg was landing with such heat and so often Um, so you know Unfortunate for Felicia Spencer, but you can say what you want about her stock going up, but like she got her ass beat people are just happy that she made it to a decision. That really doesn't mean too much for me. Yeah, sure. Here's a pat on the back. You survived 15 minutes with cyborg and eight fucking monster shots. Uh, but. Whatever, it is what it is. Minus 0.25 units on that parlay. Not too mad at that. That was a plus 419 return. So, or Sorry, plus 419 on the odds. So I would have been happy if that hit. But not again, not too much dust off my back with a minus 0.25. Uh, and then let's get on to the fucking winners. I uh, had a three-unit parlay at minus 114 on Jeff Neal and uh, uh, Viviani Arugio. Um Starting off with Jeff Neal, he got sucked into that fucking firefight, man. I don't know what it is about Nico Price, but he's able to really... Uh, suck these guys in uh, and get them to fight his type of fight. Uh, you know, fortunately for Jeff Neal, you know he's just a better fighter all around. Uh, it was great to see him pick up a win there. Such an entertaining fight too. Uh, so I guess this is just a great experience for him too. Uh, I heard a lot of people saying like in terms of Jeff Neal's uh, lack of competition. You know that it's it's hard to use that as a as a demoralizing factor or a, or a, a, to try to detract from a certain guy's value or his skill set because they just haven't been given those opportunities yet. So, sure, you can factor it in a little bit, especially if this guy's, like, fighting cans, like like Jordan Wright or whatever the fuck that Contender Series guy's name was, um, you know you can pad your record all you want, and then once you fi- start finding stiff competition, then you true call to show. But you really got to like watch the, the, the fighter and see you know, if he does show certain technical abilities and skills. And again, his competition may not be up to par of a Nico Price who's beaten guys like Tim Means and has fights with guys, uh, I think Vicente Luque even fought him too. I'm, I don't know, I'm kind of blanking on it right now. But you know, people are saying Nico Price had the better resume. Sure, I agree, but... Jeff Neal is going to get there, he's still only three or four fights into the UFC. He has plenty of time to go, and I think he's a great prospect for that division, uh, and I think he's going to make some noise in the very new f- near future. Moving on to Viviani Ruzo. You know, we had a little bit, bit a, little, ugh, a little bit of a scare in that second round, but she kind of Andrew Sanchez did, and uh, really went for broken that third round to ensure the victory. You know, I love her consistency in that third round. She knew she had to get out to a quick lead in that third round to to secure the victory, and thankfully she did, and we cashed on uh, a minus-114 parlay again at three units, profited 2.63 units, so that was a great win there, uh, and then uh, what else do we have, our two dog plays of the night, or oh, sorry it was, uh, I had one dog play or dog of the night play on Marc-Andre Barry, which lost but my other two hit, so it was great uh, one unit on Eric Ho, uh at plus 100 uh, I thought, you know, I just don't think that Kostor is the best fighter out there uh, and I thought that Eric Co showed uh, great uh, you know he's shown potential in the past, and yeah, he has been off for a little bit too. Uh, I, I like guys going up in weight. You know, I think they get to show a different side of them in a sense. And uh, he showed that he's, you know, he can kind of maintain uh, the grappling and, and strength of some of these guys that are assumed to be bigger than him. Uh, but uh, you know, against a guy like Kyle Stewart he should be able to get the victory. And to get plus one hundred for Eric Coe uh, is ridiculous, especially against a guy like Kyle Stewart. <clears throat> So, I was happy to uh, pick up the one unit uh, there off of Eric Coe. Uh, and then Davison Figueredo, you know, plus 108 at 1.5 units, profit at 1.62 units. Uh, I think people just forgot who the fuck Figueredo is, man. Like, the guy is a problem. And yeah, Pantoja looked great in that Wilson Hayes fight, but. Figueiredo is no Wilson Hayes, <laughs> you know, Figueiredo is a is a motherfucker, and I'm happy to have gotten him at plus 108 odds, uh, I wish I went a little bit deeper, but I say that every fucking weekend, especially when I cash on a dog, so th- those are two great hits, and then I have my lock of the night play with uh, Jillian Robertson and Sarah Frota. fight does not go to decision, had five units at minus 195, and ba-bang, Jillian Robertson comes through once again, Um I don't know why I get a little bit of flack every time I bet a, a, a women fight. Uh, my man AMG and me, you know, we we don't really give a fuck about that. Uh, a fight is a fight, and if you see value in it, you fucking go for it. Uh, and I thought there was plenty of value at minus 195 for this Robertson Florida fight, especially with the 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 style that Jillian Robertson has. You know, she she's she likes to kind of get the kill or go out on her shield, essentially. Um, you know she goes for the takedown as quickly as possible she tries to get the fight to an advantageous position for herself and she you know she did that against Sarah frota she got top mount and she just fucking started raining elbows and and that ground and pound and she ended up getting the finish there so great for her um and i will you know if the the fight doesn't go to decision is roughly in the minus 250 even minus 225 is range in a jillian robertson fight i gotta i kind of gotta see who the opponent is but i will more than likely always bet the fight doesn't go to decision the Jillian Robertson fight because she just has that motherfucking ingredient and I love it and it helped us cash our lock of the night play so the bang bitch <laughs> uh, so all in all UFC 240 plus 6.06 units for a 50% ROI uh, it was a great event for me you know I'm, I've been up and down recently I, I gotta get my shit together and fucking continue the ascent Uh but uh, I I think I have some good reads on Covington which uh, versus Lawler, which is UFC Newark, coming up this weekend. Uh, quick thoughts regarding the card itself: um, Colby Covington against Robbie Lawler. That's a great fucking fight in terms of matchmaking, but in terms of rankings and what guys kind of deserve, Colby Covington should not have to fight again if he's gonna, uh, you know, if he's the interim champ. You know, it's unfortunate that he got stripped, but. You know, let's fucking call it as it is. This guy is clearly the number one contender. I don't know why the fuck Robbie Law is getting this fight. But if you just want to take those factors out of it, I think it's a great fight. Uh, it should really show us a lot about Colby Covington and if he's able to hold his own on his feet. Uh, and then fights like Clay Guida versus Jim Miller as, Jim Miller as the coming event. That's a little hard to digest, but if you're an MMA nerd, you're happy with it. Um, Joaquin Silva against Nazrath Hakparast. You know, there's a lot of potential behind him, Hakparast, and I think he has a stiff test in Joaquin Silva ahead of him. Uh, UFC debut of Hannah Goldie and Miranda Granger. They both have a little bit of hype on the regional scenes, so it's going to be interesting to see how they match up against w- one another. Darko Stosic against uh, Kennedy and Zechuku. That should be a fun fight. Uh, the return of Mickey Gall. Uh, and Tanina Shevchenko trying to re- rebound off that Roxanne Mataferi loss, which was her first ever pro MMA loss. What else? Scott Holtzman. We got Lil Dong in the house. We got Hannibal Claudio Silva. You know, decent card. It's okay. It's okay. You know, the fact that we're MMA nuts and the fact that you're even watching this video means that you'll probably watch the fights. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm okay with it. It's fights. You know, it's fights. That's all that fucking matters. And we get to bet on them, too. So there's a chance to make some motherfucking money. All right. So let's fucking get this show on the road. I know we had a lot. We had a pretty long uh, intro here. But I'm just trying to go with the flow. Try to have some fun. See if I can get these episodes a little bit longer, too. I know a lot of you hitting the fucking timestamp uh, thing uh, in, the, in the comments if you guys are watching. Or, sorry, in the uh, description if you guys are watching on YouTube. So that's fine. It's all good. It's all gravy. All right, let's fucking get this show on the road. Let's start off with the first fight of the night, which is Miranda Granger versus uh, Hannah Goldie. Why the fuck is this all the way up here? Whatever, we're going to go with it. Usually, Tapology and uh, UFC.com are pretty on the ball with getting the, the belt order correct, but I'm not sure if this is on the main card or not. But regardless, Hannah Goldie against... Miranda Granger. Uh, so Hannah Goldie's coming off a contender series victory over Callie Robbins, which is a fight she showed um, some pretty good uh, technical aspects of her game. Uh, you know, one thing that, like I said off the top of the show with the casuals, she has this thing where she her main combination is like an inside leg kick uh, with her lead foot. And then come over the top with some power punches. Uh, I think it's a great tactic, you know, especially if you have the leg dexterity of a Kelly Robbins who's able to kind of just throw it out there like a jab. It's it seems like you know it seems from the waist up that Hannah Goldie is kind of stiff. It looks kind of weird like she throws with a lot of a lot of. Uh, a lot of power you know she she's very tight when it comes to her punches it looks like but then her kicks are just it seems like she has insane dexterity in her hips and the way she's able to get her kicks up uh front kicks you know just just high kicks uh but her leg kicks especially she really beat the fuck out of Callie Robbins legs and it was very impressive and I think that really did uh you know go into the fact that Callie Robbins wasn't able to push 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 as much in the end so um I, I'm still not completely sold on Hannah Goldie. She's currently sitting out. What's her odds at? Hannah Goldie, where the fuck are you? Minus 165 to plus 145. So she was a bigger underdog before I started recording this podcast. I think she was roughly around minus 200 or so. I don't know if I would even better at minus 165. Like in terms of Miranda Grange, we're getting a girl that's coming on a pretty short notice. She. Well, I guess not. She had just about two months to prepare for this fight against Hannah Goldie. Um, She shows some uh, interesting aspects of her game, too. You know, a lot of her fights don't go to a decision. Um, She's won her last three fights in the first round. Guillotine choke, armbar guillotine choke. But some of her competition looks kind of like besides Amy Montenegro, you know, Jamie Colleen is Kind of been the the jobber in a sense like doing the job for macy barber and now she's done the job for miranda granger on the on the regional scene uh and then this louisa as chick that girl did not even look like she wanted to be in there like she looked like they just put a gun to her head in the back of the fucking uh in the back and said go out there we'll give you 50 bucks to do this shit and she's like all right i guess i gotta feed my family or some shit but uh miranda granger comes out there and fucking subs her in 41 seconds with this ridiculous guillotine choke um you know, she is lanky for the division, so she's going to have a bit of a reach advantage here. Uh, she's 5'9", going up against uh, Hannah Goldie, that's 5'4". She has a 68-inch reach, but I think that Hannah Goldie's is much smaller. She almost has, like, the, the Sean Shirk-ish effect because she's just so fucking jacked. Um, I want to see if Miranda Granger is able to put on the pressure against Hannah Goldie here because uh, I want to see Hannah's uh, cardio tested a little bit more. Uh you know, she's gone to a decision numerous amounts of times, but I think that if the pace was pushed a little bit more, she might get pushed. Um, I do have to look at her Julian Robertson fight again, uh, as the only two fights that are really available for me is Callie uh, Robbins and Julian Robinson. But, uh, you know, in the Callie Robbins fight, it just didn't seem like the highest paced fight, but she did show, you know, consistency in throwing her psych- strike. So Hannah Goldie is, you know, she's kind of reliable in that aspect, and she throws with a lot of heat. So girls like Miranda Granger are going to have to respect her, but it's going to be all about Hannah Goldie, you know, closing that distance, getting on the inside and landing those big shots. And I think that her leg kick that she likes to throw is going to be a very, uh, very much of a deciding factor in this fight. If she's able to land it with consistency, it might be able to slow down Granger a little bit, which allows her to, you know, close the distance a little bit easier and land uh, the harder shots. but i'm not sold on either girl yet you know I, i'm not totally sold on miranda granger's uh past opponents um you know i'll give hannah goldie you know that thing with kelly robbins like she's a decent opponent you know i wouldn't mind that uh even when uh, hannah goldie fought jillian robertson you know that was jillian robertson's uh debut as well so i feel like robertson's made a lot of strides and i'm sure hannah goldie as well uh so she's giving up seven inches of reach as well against miranda granger I so I personally I bet this fight to not go to a decision. Both girls have a knack for finishing fights. Uh, you know Hannah Goldie's gone to a decision I guess okay four five four times. But the with the power she throws and the the type of game that Miranda Granger presents, I, I I'd be very interested to see what the jiu jitsu is going to look like too with Hannah Goldie and Miranda Granger. Um, put a gun to my head. I'm going to go with Hannah Goldie. I think she, with her experience, you know, her having more experience in the cage, uh, she'll be able to, you know, stick to her basics of just landing the leg kick and then kind of swarming with shots. And then I think she's going to be the stronger girl too. So I don't think that she'll get sucked too much into these, you know, guillotine chokes. And some of these chokes that Miranda Granger's landing, it just kind of almost looks novice that in her opponents aren't able to defend them. you know she kind of just creeps her arms and she is lanky so I understand that but it seems like some you know fighters should be able to defend that a little bit easier so I think that Hannah Goldie might be able to do that I'm going to take Hannah Goldie by decision uh sorry not by decision I'm going to take her by uh second round TKO I think that she cra- uh, cracks Granger and then follows up with some ground and pound and finishes the fight that way um but I, I love the fight uh, doesn't go to decision at plus one forty five I think there's a lot of great uh, value there um, and I and I and in terms of this fight the girl that has the that ingredient of finishing fights almost all the time or potentially getting finished herself is Miranda Grainer she has kind of that Jillian Robertson effect so uh, I think her knack for finding finishes or going for finishes kind of opens up a potential finish for Hannah Goldie as well uh, to capitalize on anything that Miranda Granger extends herself too much on. So I'm going to go by with Hannah Goldie by second round TKO. I'm not sold on either girl yet, but I am convinced that uh, both girls can get a finish. And if, uh, you know, Miranda Granger's lankiness continues to do well for her, she might be able to find Hannah Goldie's chin or or uh, her neck, I should say. Um, but yeah, I gotta I gotta go with Hannah Goldie though. will not bet this fight either way, but just a fight doesn't go to the decision. I think it's worth a small poke, especially at yeah, plus money. Alright, let's move the fuck along. Let's get to uh, Claudio Sova against Cole Williams. Uh, so Claudio Silva was actually supposed to fight uh, Ramazan Ameev. Ramazan Ameev had visa issues, so he couldn't get it to the States. But this was definitely a fight where I was looking to bet Ramazan Ameev heavy. I'm not sure what the odds were at at the time of him pulling out, uh, but I probably would have bet him up to like minus 250. I think that he would have been too much for Claudio Silva on the feet, and I think that he would have stayed off the ground uh you know enough to eventually even finish Claudio Silva. So uh, it was unfortunate that uh, Ameev had to pull out, and I'm and I'm high on that guy too. I think he has a lot of potential. Um, fuck, I think he's undefeated in the UFC too, if I'm not mistaken. 18 and three. Yeah, he's been on a roll since uh, 2015, racking up what is that seven straight wins. Uh, so it's shitty that he got had to get pulled out of the fight. But Claudio Silva is coming about, coming in against this 11 and one Cole Williams, uh, making his UFC debut. Coming off a not that impressive performance a guy against a guy named Charlie Brown, uh, and that that fight was actually in September of last year, so it's almost been a full year since this guy's been off. Um, I'm not sold on Cole Williams, uh, Claudio Silva. You know, gas tank issues. Uh, that's the only thing kind of keeping me away from parlaying him potentially minus four twenty, which is roughly where I think he's at right now. Let me see that uh claudio so yeah minus four ten ish that that's just too steep of a price for me for somebody that has um you know potential cardio issues um he should be able to get this fight like right to the ground and uh submit cole williams without any issue i'm not too worried about this fight um you know throw him on a hail mary parlay if you want but i think this is going to be a pretty easy open-ended fight not open-ended sorry just fucking, it's straightforward. Claudio Silva's going to get this guy down. He, you know, I don't see too much. Uh, I'm not too impressed with Cole Williams' takedown uh, defense, I should say. Uh, and he doesn't have too much to offer on the feet. You know, he's kind of sloppy. He overextends himself. And I think that Claudio Silva will be able to, you know, clench his hands behind Cole Williams' back, drag him down, and then eventually get the submission. I'm going to call 1st on submission for Claudio motherfucking Silva. Next up, we got... Uh, Lauren Murphy versus Mar- Mara Romero Borella. Uh, I keep fucking her name up just because it feels like there's so many fucking R's. Mara Romero Borella. Maybe you guys like the fucking Italian twang that I'm trying to put on it, which is probably not sounding Italian at all. Cheers, Big Marley. Cheers. Alright. <clears throat> I don't want to dig too deep into this fight. Honestly, like, I, I didn't do the due diligence of the research on this fight because I'm I am i am just not interested in it whatsoever. I don't feel like I can trust a girl like Lauren Murphy. And I don't feel like I can trust a girl like Mara Romero Barello, who did have a, an impressive victory in her last fight. I'll give her that against Taylor Santos, who is like a very highly touted prospect coming into that fight. But with the odds currently sitting at minus one sixty five, plus one forty five in favor of Mara Bro- Romero Barella, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna fucking stay away from this fight. Um, I'll take uh, Romero Barella thinking that she's just you know, getting better off that Taylor Santos fight, uh, and Laura Murphy is probably just digressing, or degressing, degressing, digress, regressing, fuck me, <laughs> regressing, all right, next up, we got, uh, what is this, Matt, yeah, Matt Schnell against Jordan Espinoza, I love me some Matt Schnell, I'll say that, he's put together three straight victories, um, at one of them against Naoki anyway who was seen as like a potential motherfucker in that division uh, and then uh, Now just comes in there and completely fucks that hype up and gets the victory it was a split decision but I think he still decisively won that round or won that fight uh, and then he comes in against Luis Smoker and completely dusts that motherfucker his hands look great very quick. Um, I th- I love his boxing style. Uh, I think that he may have the technical advantage here against Jordan Espinoza. Uh, but will he be able to catch Jordan Espinoza, who likes to move a lot? I'm going to say yes. I think that Machino probably has a better ground, ga- or probably not probably does have the better ground game. I think he should uh, get the victory here uh, by you know landing uh, you know good counters against Jordan Espinoza. You know he he's kind of. <coughs> Once you can kind of get his uh, rhythm, you should be able to, you know, counter properly. And I, I trust a guy with the handiwork of a Match now to be able to catch a guy like Jordan Espinoza on the on the entries that he has for some of his blitz blitzes or blitzing style strikes. Uh, the first round may be like a toss up, but I think after that, Match now should be able to take over. Uh, I'm very sold on him. Uh, I may bet him. What are the odds? God damn. I keep losing the fucking odds page. Uh -115 match now -105 Jordan Espinosa. I can get match now at +100 at Sports Interaction, but i am not I don't I don't do that. -107 yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna set an alert if I can get him at plus 100 on one of my websites, I'll probably take him. Uh, but I, th- I, I, I like him here for sure. Uh, how much I would wager on him? Probably not the most money. I would probably go small on him, he- on him here at Dog Money. Uh, but I, I, I do like him here. Uh, I have underestimated Jordan Espinosa in the ba- in the past, so there is that. You know, I, I did uh, underestimate him against Nick Urso. Uh, and then obviously against Eric Shelton I thought Shelton was going to take that fight uh, But Jordan Espinosa showed great You know, his, his in and out entries were great But I think a guy with the striking expertise of a match now, And then mixed out with the ground game that he has I think he has the, the, the chops to counter a game That Jordan Espinosa brings to this So I'm going to take match by I'll take him by decision uh, You know what, I'm going to take him by third round uh, submission We're going with third round submission Alright, what do we got next? Antonina Shevchenko versus Lucy Pudilova. So starting off with Antonina Shevchenko, everybody knows she is the sister of Valentina Shevchenko, even though they look nothing the fuck alike. Nothing. And, uh, yeah, she's coming off that loss to Roxanne Montefiore's split decision, which makes absolutely no sense because she clearly lost that fight. Uh, and we saw that she still has work to do as a complete MMA fighter. She's kind of been lucky in her last fights that she was able to keep this fight on the uh, standing. But we've seen with Roxanne Montefiore's last fight when you know the, the amount of difficulty she had taking down a girl like Jennifer Maya. Obviously, Jennifer ha- Maya has much more grappling experience than a girl like Antonina Shevchenko, but she's prim- primarily a, a Muay Thai fighter. So, you know, Shevchenko should definitely be dusting up her, her striking. Uh, but, you know, she's kind of... Getting a gift-ish with this fight with Lucy Pudilova, um, you know I think that Pudilova is going to have the, uh, she's going to you know be willing to engage in firefights and and striking. Uh, I don't know how much she will lean on her wrestling. You know, going into that Liz Carmouche fight, there was a lot of speculation that she'll be able, she'll be able to stuff whatever Liz Carmouche has for her in terms of the grappling, and that just wasn't the case. Uh, but you know, how good does her wrestling need to be to get a girl like Antonia Shevchenko down and possibly get an easy victory here? I don't know. Um, what are the odds right now? Uh, plus 125, minus 145 Shevchenko. Um, you know what? I, I'll probably dig into this one a little bit more, but we just don't know from Lucy Prudilova if she's actually going to go for these takedowns. You know, she, she's she been training them, but she doesn't really pull them out in these fights. Um uh, you know, Shevchenko, I believe, is the better technical striker. Um, I think that, you know, Pudilova, if she decides to keep this fight on the feet, she's going to get outpointed, let's be real. She really needs to focus on getting this fight to the ground, and I-, I just can't completely trust her to go out and do that. Apologies, I feel a little gassy. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, I... I- I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Shevchenko here, but I don't I, I'm not gonna bet her either, because again like Lucy Putalova could completely come out there in a fucking singlet and start just taking uh, Antonia Shevchenko down and just making it worse for her, um, or she could just play the game that she normally does and just leave it up to the fucking toss of a, uh, of a coin and then just go to the decision with the striking battle, but this is a coin that I believe is going to be double-sided for (laughs) Antonia Shevchenko, uh, and she's going to lose a decision regardless if she tries to keep this fight on the feet. So I'm going to go with Shevchenko here. I think, uh, you know, maybe not a bet, but I think that she outstrikes Putilova here uh, and then just goes home with the decision victory. Um, And, yeah, until I see with my eyes Putilova is able to get these girls down uh, effectively uh, and then keep them there too, uh, I just don't feel comfortable yet. So I'm going to go with... uh, uh, Antonio Shevchenko uh, by decision, uh, but I hope my girl Pudilova goes out there and starts uh, resting a bitch. <laughs> Alright, next up we got uh, Mickey Gall versus Salim Tohari. Um, starting off with Mickey Gall, he's coming off a loss to Diego Sanchez, where I know how fucked up. I was saying during that fucking... You guys can go back to that podcast. I was saying that Diego Sanchez is a very live dog. And he fucking won that fight. And I'm kicking myself for not actually betting it. I was waiting for it to get to a specific number. It didn't end up going that way. He ended up closing a little bit closer. Uh, But still, uh, that was a bad matchup for Mickey Gall against a battle-tested Diego Sanchez. And Mickey Gall is no fucking one-hitter-quitter type of guy. And you know if you're not going to have any power in your hands, Diego Sanchez could probably out... Muscle you, outwork you, do whatever the fuck he wants to you, especially if you're not as seasoned as him. In this fight against Salim Tohari, I think he has uh, he 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 might be able to get away with a victory here. He is a massive dude. He's standing at six two against uh, Salim Tohari's five ten, and then he has a two inch reach advantage, um, but. I think that even though Salim Tahari is a brown belt, I think that Mickey Gall might well be the better jujitsu player here. Uh he just recently got his black belt, but I'm just put belts aside. I just think that this kid's knack for finding submissions and and just transitioning pretty transitioning pretty flawlessly on the ground. He's he's definitely going to have uh you know a a decent time uh getting the better of Salim Tahari on the on the on the ground. Um I don't trust Salim Tahari to be able to keep this fight on the feet. Uh, I, I think he's a you know he's a better striker than Mickey Gall in my opinion, but I don't think he's going to be, be able to keep his butt off the ground. I think that Mickey Gall will will be able to close the distance. Uh, you know, come in with some strikes. He is obviously the more rangier guy. Uh, get uh, Salim against the cage, and I think he's going to be able to drag him down uh, and then slowly just work his jiu-jitsu game. So even if he doesn't get the tap, I think that he he'll be able to control positions better than Salim will be able to get out of them. Uh, and I I like Mickey Gall here. I just... But I just can't, you know... Get the ball sack to actually fucking bet him here. Uh, Let's see what... Mickey Gall inside the distance is. Mickey Gall wins inside the distance. Plus 200. I don't know. I'm not gonna... So I'm not betting uh, Mickey Gall or Tauhari here. I'm gonna go with Mickey Gall by by uh, by decision you know I'll give a Tahari a little bit yeah actually you know what I'm going to go by with Mickey Gall third round submission I think that he just yeah I, I think he gets this fight to the ground Uh, probably doesn't get the sub in the first two rounds but eventually finds the neck in the third and gets the tap there but just not confident enough in Mickey Gall to actually lay down the money on him so Mickey Gall by third round submission next up Darko Stosic versus Kennedy and zechuku. All right, starting off with Darko Stosic, he's coming off a loss to Devin Clark. Uh, That was a fight that it was kind of frustrating if you had uh, money on Darko Stosic. You know, he wasn't throwing the most, but it seemed like he had the power advantage um you know he's thickly fucking built and has great judo that's mainly what he's known for but he throws a lot of heat in his hands too he did stumble Devin clark a couple times but it was his inconsistency of strikes which i believe led him to lose that fight i think that in this fight against kennedy and zechuku um he may be able to get away with the inconsistency of throwing a little bit because I don't believe that Enzecicu's uh, striking defense is the greatest. I think that if Darko Stosic is able to, you know, land a couple times, he might be able to be able to drop Enzecicu and then follow up with some ground and pound because, you know, I, although I believe Enzecicu has a lot of uh, potential and he could be. a pretty damn good fighter, uh just with his physical stature, uh, maybe and even with his coach, you know, Safe Sayud is a motherfucker. I think he's one of the best coaches out there. Uh I think that uh his his reach management is closer to a Stefan Struve than it is on to uh uh, John Jones, you know, in terms of that scale, you have <laughs> fucking Stefan Struve on one side and John Jones on the other. I'm going to say that uh, Kennedy is a little bit more on the on the Stefan Struve side of things, uh, just due to the fact that you know he doesn't have the greatest stand up. You know, he has a lot of power in his legs. You know, he he throws a great left head kick, um, but uh, in terms of establishing his jab, in terms of you know landings uh, with enough sting to keep guys on the outside, I just don't know if he's going to phase a guy like Darko Stosic. I think that uh, you know Darko will it will gladly eat some shots to try to close the distance to land big shots on Kennedy, and I think that's really going to mess with Kennedy here. Uh, and if Kennedy tries to go for any type of takedown, I think that Darko Sosic has the the judo ability to kind of uh, you know nullify anything that Kennedy tries to throw at him grappling wise, and probably even get the takedown himself and probably land some big shots from on top there. So I'm not sure if Kennedy would even want to try to initiate any type of grappling here. Um, I like Stosic, but the thing is, just his uh, his consistency of throwing strikes. Uh, if he can, you know, just land enough on Kennedy and Zetsuko, I get. I truly believe he'll be able to drop Kennedy in this fight. Uh, but it's just, it's tough. I think Kennedy is still too green. You know, he showed a lot of fight cue, uh, you know, flaws in his fight against uh, Paul Craig, which ended up getting him a loss there. Uh, and I think that Darko Stosic is, uh, he's just going to walk through any type of jab. Uh, you know, he, he'll he eat some. And if this fight does go 15 minutes, I don't think Darko Stosic will win. I think this fight needs to get a finish for Stosic to win. And I think he will find the finish. So I'm going to go with uh, probably second round. KO for Darko Stosic. Probably takes the first round to kind of, you know, figure it out and then start to go a little bit harder in the second round, trying to land those bigger shots. Uh, And, uh, yeah, I I love my man Kennedy, you know. he, I think he's a great prospect, but I think that he's a little bit outgunned in this fight here. And it's just going to be a learning learning experience for him, you know. He's going to come off two straight losses here, but I think that he'll come back a little bit stronger uh, and uh, these will be perfect learning lessons. And I think that Stosic gets the victory here. Again, second round, And I did bet on him, I should say that. I put 1.25 units out, uh, minus 124 for Darko Stosage. I think he holds some good value there uh, in the minus 120 minus max minus 130 range. But I I wouldn't even put too much on him either. Uh, But I do think he does hold value for sure. All right, next up. We got Scott Holtzman against Lil Dong, Dong Young Kim, a.k.a. Dong Young Ma. Uh, starting off with Scott Holtzman, this motherfucker let me down so much at the UFC Phoenix event uh, way back in February, where he lost uh, to Nick Lentz. You know, I truly thought that he was going to be the the better fighter in there, uh, but Nick Lentz was landing some big fucking shots, and it really played into Scott Holtzman's game. Uh, and unfortunately, he came out he came out on the losing end there. I believe I had Holtzman in like a, a lock of the night play too, so that one that one really fucking hurt. Uh, but he's looking to here looking to come back here and bounce back. Oh. That's my alarm. <laughs> I'll just come clean about it. <laughs> my, uh, when you're in a relationship with a woman, and she t- decides to go on the pill, you gotta, you-, you gotta look out for her too. And sometimes you gotta send her a reminder and be like, "Hey, I don't want no kid, yet, yet." So let me just send my girl her reminder. Because, you, you know, when you're in a rela- relationship, you got to do this thing together, right? Here, I'm sending her a. <laughs> I'm sending her a. Uh, a gif of fucking Neo. Or, sorry, what's the guy's name? Ah, fuck. Lawrence Fishburne's character. I keep forgetting. Neo. Ah. It starts with the Morpheus, Morpheus, when Morpheus is doing the red pill, blue pill thing. Anyway, <laughs> all right, back to the fight with Scott Holtzman. Um, yeah, with Scott Holtzman, he should he should come into this fight and uh, definitely get the victory over Dong Young Kim. I think he is the more athletic fighter. Uh, he should be shoring up his striking a little bit. I think he can mix it up a little bit better than Dong Young Ma as well. Um, you know, especially with Dong Young Kim coming off a very brutal loss to Devontae Smith in his last fight. Uh, I just don't think that uh, the play on Scott Holtzman is worth it at minus 380. You know, he shows that he could potentially cough up a loss, especially against a guy like Nick Lentz that, you know, I, I think with where Scott Holtzman is and the experience that he's accrued up to, until this point, he should be beating a guy like Nick Lentz. Let's just be fucking honest. So, uh, you know, Dong Yamai, not the most skilled guy out there. Went to a great fucking war against Damian, Maya, uh, sorry, Damian Brown. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, you know, he sparked Takanori Gomi, too. He has power in his hands, but I'm, I'm just not completely sold on the guy. So I do like Scott Holtzman here, but I just think he's priced way too high. So I'm not going to touch him. Probably not even like a Hail Mary parlay. I'll probably just pass on him. Uh, his juice uh, on these parlays. So uh, I'll, I'll go with Scott Holtzman by decision, but I just don't think he's worth it at such a high price. All right. Next up, we got Trevin Giles against Gerald Muirshardt. Starting off with Gerald Muirshardt, he's coming off that loss to Kevin Holland. It was a split decision loss, but I truly think that Kevin Holland won that fight. It's a very back and forth fight, but Kevin Holland always got the better of every exchange at the end of it. So <clears throat> this is pretty much a do or die fight for Gerald Muirshardt, and you got to give some props to him because Trevin Giles isn't the easiest opponent out there. You know, he lost to Zach Cummings, Zach Cummings in his last fight. Uh, but, uh, you know, I still think that he has a lot of talent. Uh, you know, he has a very, he almost has a Jordan Espinoza type of style where he explodes a lot and then just kind of gets out of the way enough. You know, he, he relies a lot on his explosive uh, entries to land his big shots. And I think that he's going to definitely be more athletic here than Jerome Miroshart. I think that he's going to be able to spark Mirchart on the feet, to be honest. shots a tough motherfucker, and he's always a tough out. But I think that he, uh, Giles will be able to keep this fight on the feet. Uh, you know, in that Zach Cummings fight, he really... Uh you know he was coming off close to a two-year layoff, so that was really detrimental for him too. It was closer to a one and a half year layoff, but still a extended layoff, and that probably had something to do with Zach Cummings' loss as well. You know, I think now that he's gotten his feet wet back in May, uh, he's going to come in here against a, a tough vet in Gerald Meerschaert, but I think he comes away with the victory. I think that he's going to be able to get the finish here too. I'm not too sold on Gerald Meerschaert striking. You know, he's very—he, uh, I think he's going to be at a speed uh, disadvantage here. I think that Joe Miroshart, you know, probably better on the ground, but I think that Trevor Goss keeps this fight on the feet. I think that once he splits the guard of Joe Miroshart and starts busting him up a little bit, uh, he'll be able to, to, you know, pour it on a little bit more, probably get it finished in the second round. Excuse me. But he's had, what is it, four out of his last fights, four out of his five last fights, he's finished. uh, Sorry, besides the Kevin... Kevin, This statistical breakdown for me is fucking horrible right now, but let me let me get through this. In his before the Zach Cummings fight, his last five fights, uh, uh, four of them he finished in the second round, uh, the third round, second round, third round. So. Two fights he's finished in the second round. Two fights he's finished in the third round, showing that you know he can. His his cardio may have shown a little bit of hindrance in the, you know, it's probably just him dipping his feet back into the water. And I think this matchup against Gerald Mearshart is the perfect matchup for him to get back onto the winning track. With Mearshart, it's going to be unfortunate. This is going to be three straight losses. But I think he's like that guy that's probably going to be champion of the regional scene, uh, but can, can't really crack it against some of the guys in the UFC, and unfortunately, I think he's going to get his walking papers here, uh, but I think that Mir-Shart, or sorry, Trevin Giles gets the finish here, uh, I'm going to call second round uh, just completely dust Joe Meershard in my opinion, and I'm possibly looking at him as a locker than I play, maybe, I might bet him as my lock play, but... I want to wait, see where that line goes a little bit further. Plus, I have another one that I'm potentially looking at, which I haven't even gotten to yet. But I'm going to go with Trevin Goss by second round, TKO. All right, guys. So, y'all are probably thinking, why the fuck... Did Tony just magically appear out of nowhere? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and I'm here, uh, and we just finished talking about one of these last fights. Uh, unfortunately, we ran into some technical difficulties on the last recording that I did yesterday. So I just wanted to cap off the last three fights of the UFC New York card for you guys to make sure I get like a legit. You know, my legit uh, opinion out for you guys so you guys can tail or fade whatever the fuck you guys want to do. And at least we got twenty four a different perspective in, on a couple of these fights. So we're just going to go over the top three fights that I had left, which is uh, Joaquim Silva and Nazra Hakperast. So let's start off with that one real quick. Um, it, I, I love me some Nasrat Hakpras. You know, this guy is very uh, explosive. Uh, when he fought uh, Mark D. Casey, a lot of people had D.A. Casey winning that fight uh, going into it. Uh, they thought he was going to be the better striker. He was going to be able to implement his striking. But Nasrat Hakpras, something that that motherfucking does is uh, whenever he blitzes, he loves to throw power hooks. And he always throws more than one. That's one thing that I'm very, uh, I find very impressive about him. So he'll blitz with like a straight left, but then he'll throw another uppercut or a hook behind it too. So... Everything has power. It's not just one shot setting up the other ones. He's trying to throw with bad intentions to get you backing up, to get you um, in a stance where uh, he's able to keep you uncomfortable. So the Mark Casey fight was a perfect example of that because he's known as a great striker, but he was not able to set up at all because Hack Press was just keeping his foot on the gas, keeping the pressure on him, and pretty much just wore him out like that. In uh, the t Belt gouty fight, that one was a little bit more interesting because Gouty was uh, showing glimpses of what can be uh, a perfect blueprint to beat a guy like Nazareth High Press? He was, he was the one stepping forward. He was the one throwing first. He wasn't waiting for Nazareth. When, when people are waiting for Nazareth, that's when Nazareth's able to actually implement his game more. He's able to put his foot on the gas. And then win these fights, you know, he had two times where he almost finished deep out Gauti in the first round and the third round. Uh, unfortunately, Gauti's fucking chin was ridiculous and he was able to survive even body shots. He got hit, hurt very bad to the body in that third round, uh, but uh, he wasn't able to put away Gauti uh, in this fight with Kim Silva. This is what I like. These guys match up so much better. Uh, Kim Silva, I think he he's the better striker... Uh, moving backwards than Mark D.A. Casey. So I think we're going to get a little bit more exchanges on the feet. And Joachim Swarov is actually going to, you know, bite down on his mouthpiece and throw back with heat. Um, And he's a great striker himself. You know, his nickname may be Neto BJJ, J., but he throws with heat. He's a little bit slower, so I think that Nazrat's actually going to have a little bit of a speed advantage here. Um... But with Joakim Silva, when he throws with conviction, he throws heavy. His last fight with Jared Gordon, uh, the, shitty part of, the shitty thing about Jared Gordon is his striking defense is horrible, but his chin has been holding up for him as well as his pressure, which is why he's able to break some of these guys. But with Joakim Silva, he showed shortened in his last two fights against Vince Pichel and uh, Jared Gordon. In that third round, he comes throwing bombs. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it seems like near the ending of the second round, he's starting to slow down. And you know he's a pretty muscular guy, so you know you can take that fucking narrative from Joe Rogan. That muscles need fucking blood and oxygen and a lot of shit. But with Rog himself, he comes out in the third round, comes out heavy, throwing heavy shots, and he throws consistently as well too. So against Nazar Hakpras, he's gonna to have to be the one that throws first. He's gonna be a, he's gonna have to engage uh, and actually. Uh, make Nazareth, you know, work off of his back foot because he's not as good off of his back foot as he is when he's the one attacking and initiating these, uh, these, these, these scenarios. Um, however. I don't trust Joaquin Silva. I think at plus 200, he has some value here. If you're going to bet somebody, I believe you put the value money on Joaquin Silva. However, Nazar, I think he's ever improving. He's still young. He has a great camp and tri-star as well. So I think that uh, he can definitely win this fight, and he should be the favorite. I agree with that. But I think that the play here is the fight doesn't go to decision. I played it at plus 120. I'm glad that I got dog money on it. That was ridiculous outside dog money. It's due to the fact that, like me and Tony were talking about in the combative stories, uh, recency bias. People just think about the last couple of fights, you know, with Nazar Hagprass, Press T.A. Casey, held, Heldon, Tibo Gauthier, all three of those fights went to a decision. But before that, he was knocking motherfuckers out in the first round. He's always going there uh, to throw bad intentions in it. it. It really depends on the level of competition that he has going up against him and if those guys are willing to actually stand there and strike with him too. I think you get the perfect ingredient to enjoy Kim Silva for that. And I think at dog money, the fight does not go to decision. is the perfect play here. So I played 1.75 units at plus 120. Uh, very happy to get that number. I don't know if it's at dog money still. I'm talking on Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. Uh, but if you can get dog money on that prop, fucking go for it. I, I absolutely would give you the entire blessing to, to bet for that. But uh, if you want to bet on... on, on Value, if you can get Joe Kim Silva better than plus 215, plus 220, I think it's worth a shot. Uh, but if you can find Nasrat press somehow at minus 200, I think that he's a solid play as well, too. So uh, in terms of pick, you're putting a gun to my head. I'm going to go with Nazrat. I think that he wins the fight. He continues to improve and he continues to show us why he has a lot of potential. Uh, and I think he wins this fight in the second round with the... With uh, overwhelming TKO pressuring Joaquim Silva and winning that fight. Uh, you got any thoughts and comments on, on these guys? No? Not on this fight.
2: I, I, don't I, 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 I know Hack Press, though. Yeah. I've seen his fights. I remember how he fights. So, yeah. But I can't really tell you anything about the other guys.
0: Joaquim Silva, he had like a long layoff. Yeah, I know, he came I know back that and he name. fought Vince, Vince Pichel and then he had a little bit of a layoff again. And then he fought uh, who the fuck did he fight last? Uh, Jared Gordon in the Milwaukee card, I think that was, that was back in December. Yeah, and he beat Jared so Gordon. He, he knocked him out in the third round. Yeah. So okay. he, he throws heat. A lot of people want to give him shit for his gas tank, Like I remember Jared Gordon heat.
2: losing, but I still can't yeah. really picture it was who a fucking bad Silva knockout. Yeah, he okay. fucked him up, yeah. Cool. Uh,
0: so yeah, official pick on my end is going to be Nazar Hakparas. But I would highly suggest uh, betting the fight doesn't go to decision, especially if you get plus money. All right, let's move on to the next one. A co event of the night. Clay Guida against Jim Miller. I know Tony has a little bit more to say on these guys than he did about Joaquin Silva and Nazar Hakparas. But I'm going to quickly start this off. Uh, Clay Guida in his last fight against fucking BJ Penn. He decisively won that fight, but he made that fight a little bit harder than I think it should have been. Uh, He had BJ Penn on the ropes in that third round, but continuously seek to engage in the clinch and make it a closer fight than he needed to. And even let BJ Penn recover in in times when he had BJ hurt, in my opinion. Uh, BJ was slowing down, but he was still able to land on Clay Guido, which is kind of the alarming uh, thing here, uh, you know, in the fight before that, he had Charles Oliveira. You know what the fuck's gonna happen in that? Uh, when you have a guy as good as Charles Oliveira uh, against a guy like Clay Guida, you're gonna get the tap. And I think Jim Miller has uh, maybe not the level of jiu-jitsu that Charles Oliveira currently has right now, just due to you know age, uh, athleticism, strength, and just that younger abilities uh, that that uh, a younger guy will have. Uh, with Jim Miller, you're still getting a guy that is a legitimate black belt and I think that uh, he has enough power in his hands to drop Clay Guida, uh, but I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to happen. I think that Jim Merle will find this way to, uh, to get this fight to the ground. I think he has the better takedowns, and Clay Guida has takedown defense. Uh, he can be taken down. The only advantage that Clay Guida has is in this fight, in my opinion, is the, is the cardio, but I don't even think that's like a, a massive thing. Yeah, he's going to be an energizer, Bunny going fucking uh, just bouncing around for 15 minutes and not get tired, and then go around and run a couple laps around the octagon after the decision's fucking been read. But with Miller, he doesn't significantly slow down in the third round. I think he will be able to stay in the fight if it ever gets to the third round and you know, maybe lose that round, but I think he could still win the first two rounds decisively enough to get the judge's decision. However, I don't even think it's going to a judge's uh, scorecard. I think that Jim Miller gets this fight to the ground. I'm going to say second round once again. I'm going to say he gets uh, Clay Guida down uh, and gets the rear naked choke victory here. I think he has a lot of value at minus 160. He was roughly at minus 175 a couple of days ago, but I think that he's probably going to get down to the minus 140 minus one forty range. A little bit more recency bias as well, too. Uh a hint of it, I should say. You know, Jim Miller's coming off that big win against Jason Gonzalez, but, uh, you know, a lot of people are saying Jim Miller's getting up there in age. He has the Lyme disease thing. Even though he has it under control now, uh, I think that he is in a better spot to get a victory here against another tough and grizzled veteran in Clay Guida, but people aren't really giving Clay Guida that, like, he's too old talk, you know? Like, he's he's getting, like, he fought BJ Penn and Joe Lawson in two of his last three fights. He's fighting guys that are his ish age group you know he's fighting his guys that uh, guys aren't kind of in his yeah. generation whereas Jim Miller you know he's dusting off a guy like Jason Gonzalez who was kind of a, a younger-ish up-and-coming guy 11 and 4 at the time uh and then fought Charles Oliveira before that beat Alex White a minute and a half into that fight way back at uh, UFC 228 so he can definitely go out there and still get the tap and I think this is a perfect opportunity
2: even if you look at his losses here. real quick those are high level guys man. Francisco
0: Trinaldo Daniel Hooker Charles Oliveira Pettis Poirier, Pettis, These Poirier are... like the guys he's losing to are fucking high level guys, you know. And Daniel Hooker, obviously the way better striker, so obviously he's going to get finished in that fight. Uh, but yeah, he goes out there and beats young up and comers and Alex White and Jason Gonzalez, and now he finds himself against another tough and grizzled vet and Clay Guida. But I'm going to say second round submission uh, for Jim Miller. I will bet him as my luck of the night play. I just want to see. Uh, where he actually ends up. I think minus 140, so I'm going to wait it out a little bit. But if it gets back up to like minus 170, minus, minus 175, I might just have to pull the trigger in case it goes up to like minus 200, and I don't want to fucking wait till it gets to that point. So, uh, I'm saying Jim
2: Miller, I believe you're on the same boat as me, right? 100%. Uh, skill-wise, I don't. He, he shouldn't lose this fight in any area other than if he somehow gasses. I don't see that happening in a three-round fight.
0: All right. Playing simple, straight to the facts. I like mm-hmm. it. All right, main event time: Colby Covington against Robbie Lawler. Uh, so with Colby Covington, uh, or sorry, before I even uh, looked at the odds for this fight, um, I was really on the Colby Covington train. You know, I I thought that he presents the perfect style for a guy like uh Robbie Lawler. I think that he presents uh j- just his game plan in general, like j- just his style of fighting. Uh, it's kind of like a Kamara Usman, but with less striking. Uh, or less technical striking than a Kamaru Usman, Uh, but still high pressure, always in your face, uh, trying to get the takedown, grind you against the cage, drag you to the ground, lay on top of you, stay active enough so you don't get stood up, Uh, but you know he is lacking those finishes. I think the last time he got a finish was 2016, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Who do you get the finish over? He ground and pounded Max Griffin in 2016. So it's been like four fights or five fights now that he hasn't gotten a finish. Uh, But he's going out there and fucking dominating against these guys. But the more that I looked into it, uh, fuck man, Robbie Lawler could definitely give him a tough test. Uh, It was kind of surprising to me to see Robbie Lawler as such a heavy underdog but the line is closing a little bit now uh, he's roughly minus or sorry plus 201 but we've seen a lot of movement going up and down uh, he at minus 196 plus oh, sorry plus 196 plus 186 uh, now he's roughly sitting at plus 1 uh, plus 201 i think if you are going to play Robbie Lawler the play here is inside the distance you got to play you you got to think that there's no way he's going to take all five rounds from Kobe Covington and if he is having success in the fight, he will more than likely be knocking out Robbie Lawler, or sorry, knocking out Colby Covington. Uh, I think he can, if he can find success with the hands and make it tough for Colby Covington in that in that first round, and he stays consistent enough like he doesn't need to push the gas but he needs to stay active enough to keep colby covington on the outside and make him pay for whenever he closes the distance uh but fuck man it's it's hard to go against the guy that has the grappling pedigree of colby covington as well as the cardio that he has um and the pace that he's able to put up for uh, 25 minutes or even 15 minutes this score going 25 minutes it's insane so personally it's a stay away fight for me uh, if I were to do anything, it would be a very small bet on Robbie Lawler to win inside the distance. Uh, but outside of that, like minus 235-ish, minus 220-ish for, for Kobe Covington, I, I'm a little bit skeptical. You know, He hasn't fought since May of last year. That's another you know, caveat you need to remember going into this fight. So uh, I think Kobe Covington wins. I'm going to take him by decision. I think he wins by decision. He grinds out Robbie Lawler for all, for all five rounds. But unless I get him under like minus two hundred, if he's sitting at like minus one eighty or something, I would probably feel comfortable putting like maybe two or three units on it. Maybe not lock of the night type of money, but you know, just two units or so just to get that that profit there. Uh, but anything over minus two hundred, I just don't feel comfortable. I don't know what it is. There's just something holding me back from from going balls deep as a lot of people are on Kobe Covington uh, at the minus two fifty, minus two thirty ish range. Uh, any thoughts on your end in terms of? Yeah,
2: overall, I, I agree with what you said. Uh, Lawler, by finish, if he does win, I don't see how he can win a five-round decision uh, against a grinder like Colby. But at the same time, he's too big of a favorite, Colby Covington, uh, yeah. just based off just the layoff. Big. and start, Like From a skill standpoint, Robbie Lawler has all the skills to beat a guy like that. Yeah. Better stand up, more powerful, can stop the takedown. But he gets pressured very easily and takes yeah. time off and then against a grinder like Colby, you I think his only shot... Off. You just can't. You can't at all. If he starts... Like, for me, it's like if Lawler doesn't finish him inside the first two, it's probably going to be a decision for Colby. So, yeah, I would definitely go for the finish, if anything, with Lawler. I I do lean Colby, though, grinds him out.
0: Yeah, if you're going to bet anything on this fight, in my opinion, take Robbie Lawler inside the distance. Very small... Uh, and it's a decent return. I think it was plus uh, 250 the last time I checked. It opened up plus yeah. 300. That's a good And bet. I was close to betting it at that point, and then I missed the line. Now it's roughly around plus 255, plus 250. Uh, but regardless, as an official pick and a prediction for this podcast, uh, I'm going to take Colby Covington uh, by decision and rightfully getting the title shot against Kamaru Usman, hopefully near the end of this year. Um that's pretty much it for the lock cast today. Uh, sorry for the technical difficulties, but we fucking, we fixed it. We made it happen. I even got a surprise guest with Tony yeah. coming in. He had no idea he was fucking no, doing this until he was on cool, yeah. the way here. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, the the Lock of the Night Challenge is going great. Thanks to everybody that signed up. We have the first event, which is UFC Newark. So I see a lot of you have already put in your picks. Make sure you guys finish off if you haven't already. Um, and lastly, I just want to do a quick um, giveaway, just Name uh, at the bottom. Of it. Give me a quick comment on who you think is going to win at UFC New York. Give me uh, the method of victory and who's going to win. So you don't have to give me the round. Just give me method of victory and who's going to win. Uh, whoever gets that correct, I'll put you guys in a quick draw. When it gets a uh, lock of the night mug with one of those famous MMA quotes that I got, you guys will get a decision in terms of which one you guys want. Uh, so uh, just make sure again. Just comment. Make sure you subscribe too. I can make sure. I will know that you're motherfucking subscribed because I'm trying to work on that number. Uh, We're like one subscriber away from 500 so that's fucking great too. Um, But I want to get to that thousand mark. I want to see if we can get get there by the end of the year. Uh, And this is just an incentive. Y'all want a free mug? Just fucking subscribe and comment below. That's it. Mm Alright, it's that easy. Uh, Like, subscribe, comment. If you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, or uh, SoundCloud, make sure you go over uh, onto YouTube and do all that shit for me too. I appreciate all the feedback. Uh, All the haters, I see you too. It's all good. We won last week, so fuck you. Uh, And we good. Tony, anything on your end? No, no. All right, we just finished up doing combatants. So yeah, sure, exactly. If yeah, exactly. If you guys haven't watched that yet, make sure you guys go check that out because we just wrapped that up. And I wanted to make sure we get the law cast. Maybe wrapped one day up I'll watch. I'll
2: watch tape on all these fights. Yeah, maybe we'll pray. have a little bit yeah, of a. We'll
0: do it. We'll have a, low, a what is it? A showdown? I don't know. Lowdown? Yeah. The lowdown, right? Wasn't yeah. that from the, whose line is it anyway? <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, <laughs> uh, yeah. Thanks for watching, uh, and I'm out. Right.